0: it is! How's it going, everybody? Today, we're going to be talking about fandoms once again, but this time a little more personal. We're going to talk about our personal things that we enjoy, the fandoms we are a part of. Talk about, you know, comic books, TV shows, possibly movies, other things that are incredible that we enjoy. If you want to hear what we have to say, sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in. To the first ones to die. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the first ones to die podcast. We are excited to he to have you here for another episode. <laughs> there, I can't talk right now. I don't know what's going on. I'm just gonna sip more water, and then just you know. There we go. There we go. It'll just it'll just like freeze out all the weirdness. Um, I am your host Jerome. Uh joining me is my, our resident co-host Alex. Say hi, Alex.
1: <laughs> hi, are you okay? Do you want me to No,
0: I'm not okay. I'll well, So no,
1: I'll I'll go ahead and take
0: over. Go ahead, take over for um, a little bit.
1: <clears throat> so Jerome and Alex, you went through that part. How are you doing? How is your week? Are you like Okay, right. I don't know, now. man.
0: It's like, it's weird. <laughs> Little do you know, I'm not Jerome. I'm actually a doppelganger from a different universe. That's why I'm uh, confused. No more
1: multiverses. Moment. They always start at arguments. <laughs> uh, I know you no. did have your. We were just talking about your graduation from the Milestone Initiative. And yeah, it your...
0: technically uh, officially ended. Uh, uh, well, I guess I was going to say this morning, but. At the time of when this recording actually comes out, like last Friday. Um, But regardless, um, it's uh, technically over now. uh, But that doesn't mean that the fun is not over. We are still connected, all of me and my cohort uh, together. um, And I wish them all luck to bigger and better things they do, same way they do for me. And uh, can't wait to see them again. You know, when we go to like Comic Cons and stuff, we're already talking about possibly like. You know, getting together from time to time, uh, kind of like. Do a I get to meet your nerdy for... friends? Well, we'll see. Uh, I don't think all of them will be here <laughs> for Emerald City Comic Con, but some nerdy will be friends? here. Um. Yeah. Hi. Speaking of Comic Con, by the way, I did buy my tickets. I'll be there Thursday and Friday. So if you come to Emerald City Comic Con, I'll be there Thursday and Friday. I believe, Alex, you have your tickets as well, right? Yes, I will actually be there all four days. Awesome. So, you know. If you're in the area and you're coming to Comic-Con, listening to the podcast, come be on the lookout for us. You might see us there.
1: Uh, speaking of Comic-Con, because nothing's gone on for my week. I've been sick. Horribly sick. I finally have my voice back. And the amount of tea I've drunk this past week, I didn't think I could soo- consume so much tea. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, sticking to that topic of, like, Comic-Con and nerdy shit. By the way, if I meet your nerdy friends, how nice do I have to be?
0: They like extra, the nice, the set, you
1: extra know. Nice? Damn it. Yeah. I will give it an hour, I'll be nice, and then I probably will have to walk away. I don't think I could do that for too long. Um that's why the podcast only really lasts less like than two hours.
0: You will be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so says the gandalf
1: <laughs> Tying my hands with mine. Today we're talking about fandoms and you know, shows, movies, things we're into, our favorites again. We did this once before where all the three of us talked about things we loved and we were really into. Well, and
0: We mostly talked about fan culture just in general. See, I knew there how, was a difference. Yeah, it was mostly about like how crazy fandom can get, but we didn't actually divulge too much into fandoms we enjoy and fan cultures we're a part of. So this is like a part two to that conversation. Uh, sans Jonathan, which, by the way, If you're wondering where Jonathan is, he is still out on his hiatus uh, for this month, but he will be back, I believe, uh, two episodes from now. But we will see. We'll keep you posted. Um, So don't worry. He will be coming back. (laughs) But for now.
1: He's going to come back. We're making him come back. That's right. right.
0: Um... So, yeah, th- uh, so today we're just going to discuss mainly fan cultures that we are a part of, things that we enjoy watching, talking about, uh, sharing with other people, all that good stuff. Alex, do you have any you, you want to start with?
1: Um, well, if you guys seen our TikToks or our Instagram, you will see that I'm very into Star Wars. I have originally been watching the I rewatched the original series. Uh, and then I've been watching all the motion pictures.
0: So, so oh, you just said Star Wars just now? Did I? <laughs> yes, you did. I don't believe you.
1: Well, I, Star Trek.
0: Th- there you go. <laughs> I don't believe you. Did I
1: say Star Wars?
0: Yeah, you did. <laughs> we can re we can re- to the recording.
1: No, uh, I'm gonna have to anyway. <laughs> well, y- well, if you've seen the TikToks and the Instagram, you have seen Star Trek on there. Uh, While I'm talking about it, uh, I originally started watching the motion picture, which I hadn't seen since I was a kid. Came back out in 1989. And every time I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm rewatching Star Trek. They're like, oh, the newest one from like 2009. I'm like, no, no, no. The original motion picture. There's like six of them beforehand. And everybody's like, oh, I always forget about those. I'm like, they're so good. I was complaining about how Spock went back to his like home planet. To like go through this whole uh, ritual where he kind of basically comes full Vulcan and gets rid of his human side. But he couldn't do it because he still has an attachment to the Enterprise and Bones and Kirk. I was talking about how much Kirk and Bones love him and how like Spock was kind of being a little bitch. Because they're like, sit down, talk with us. We haven't seen you. And he's like, ah, fine, whatever. It's like, how can you say no to those two puppy dog faces?
0: You're holding me back. (laughs)
1: you're the one who came back to the enterprise dude not them but point is uh i am really into star trek it was something my mom got me into i always watch the original series i've watched it multiple times i just that's a big uh fan culture i am a part of and i i love it it's one of the reasons i got so into sci-fi i believe i think that was really my first introduction into science fiction
0: do you believe in the cardinal rule that um All the odd movies are great, and all the even movies are not good.
1: (laughs) No, because the second one was uh, con.
0: I thought it was the third one's con.
1: No, it's the second
0: one. Oh. It might be in the reverse. I can't remember.
1: I know there was one where it was like... I love one and two the most. Okay. If you're thinking about... I think it's the third or fourth where they get evil Spock. Which, by the way, there's like such an intimate moment between him and Bones, Evil Spock and like Bones. It gets like, all you can think in your head is like kiss. Because they get like so close together. He backs up Bones against the wall, and it's like, this feels intimate. This feels intimate. They didn't need to play it out like this. I'm happy they did, but they didn't need to play it out like this. Um, but yeah, I think definitely Star Trek was what really got me into science fiction. And then I got into. Uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which started my new obsession with Douglas Adams, another fan culture I am part of. And that those book series are still one of my favorites. So I am a big sci-fi nerd. Although I don't like <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. People ask me See, that. See, I've never
0: watched it, so I can't say that. I, like, I know of it. I know some of the stuff about it, you know, with the Psylocs and everything. I just haven't ever taken the chance to watch Battlestar Galactica. Um... I like dip in like dabble and dip into Star Trek occasionally. Like uh I do like it. I like the the worlds and the premise for sure. And uh also just, you know, it's like even though the costumes are simple, like the fact that they are just so universal, like, you know, it kinda reminds me of Harry Potter a little bit, where it's like anybody and everybody could be a part of the Star Trek world and Star Trek universe and we're like a really uh just simplistic uniform yeah. and still have fun or just have just one of the pins. And now it's like, yay! I'm part of the, part of the crew. You know, it's a great, um, great series, great sci-fi thing. Um, more of a star Wars fan, uh, for real, for real.
1: <laughs> I misspeak. It's not like, it's not like it's the, like, it's the first time I've ever misspoke on here. You like compilation of missing every movie um, wrong.
0: uh i love uh i love star wars i think it's great i do think it's in a weird place right now because star wars is like i don't know it's like ever since they they like uh disney bought star wars i think it's you know what it is it's that's it's oversaturated that's really what it is like there's and i know that star wars content has always kind of been out and about but it was there was a time where it was like you know Everything was very put in like, you know, it wasn't as much content because before it was like you had um, the movies, they had comic books and books. And even then the comic books were just it's just Star Wars, like the comic book. Yeah. Um, and most of the time they were like sometimes even uh, supplementary material to the books, like the novels and everything. And that was it and then like the 2000s hit they do the new uh the prequels and then they also started doing you know some more cartoons uh for star wars as well as um i think they did some more comics um and uh more novels and it was just everywhere for a long time but even then like once the movies were done it was just like all right now it's just just cartoons and and mostly mainly because they had to deal with a lot of backlash cuz people didn't really like the prequels for a long time so they were like "Eh, maybe we shouldn't be doing any more movies for a while didn't they find (laughs) them like kind of boring it's more that they were just like people didn't like them in general because the dialogue mostly because of the dialogue and the um what else you call it um it's like the dialogue and the story was kind of little little all over the place and kind of bland in parts mainly in the first two like the you know episodes one and two which is like Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones especially Attack of the Clones I hate that movie um because it's just so bad it's like and the good things that are in it get overshadowed by all the bad is stuff that the so it doesn't one with even like matter. Jar
1: Jar Binks
0: Jar Jar's in the first one and people hated that character so much he's not he's like in the rest of them but he's in the background he doesn't say anything he's just like a character who's in the back <laughs> um
1: I don't like how they numbered the se- the series once like all the prequels come out cause then like the original Star Wars is now like number 7 or something
0: no it's like the original Star Wars episode 4
1: still like I like you just want to watch the original and then it feels like out of place because I'm starting at four.
0: Well, it's because the original was uh, when they made the original. It was just Star Wars. There were no episodes or whatever. Um, and, and even when they made no, Empire yeah, Strikes I, Back and Return of the Jedi, it was those are just subtitles. They weren't actually like it wasn't like Star Wars came out and then when Empire Strikes Back came out, they were like Star Wars episode five, Empire Strikes Back. It was like no, just Star Wars, Empire. The Empire Strikes Back.
1: Yeah, um, but I don't like how it eventually came that it's the episodes.
0: Well, what it was is George Lucas had ideas for the prequel trilogy. Um, So he wanted to kind of help start setting that up of like, you know, yeah, like, you know, these are the original three movies, but actually in my saga, they're actually episodes four, five, and six, because I now have ideas for episodes one, two, and three. And so then he went back and made them.
1: It just sounds like a whole lot of mess. And like... All the stories, like, they could... Sorry. Slipping off my own chair. Um, They could intertwine. I didn't have my little step. So I'm quite short. For everybody (laughs) who just saw that. Uh, I'm short, and I actually have a little thing I have to step on to sit on my chair properly. Because my feet don't touch the ground all the way. Um, Anyway. It just sounds like he could have just made, like, new movies, like, within the Star Wars, like, universe. He didn't have to, like... Have it could have been just been like the subtitle could have been just like Star Wars World, and like its own movie because kind of that's well, what they're doing
0: now. Well, it's because like I think I think it's probably a because he wanted to maybe establish another era of Star Wars that he didn't hadn't seen before because you know with Star Wars when it started like everything's you know the Empire's in charge and most of the planets and everything are like already kind of wrecked like Tatooine's deserty and filled with just like like, broken ships and busted up um, busted up speeders and everything else. F- episode 5, we get to see a lot more because we get to see, like, Cloud City and stuff like that. And then Episode 6, um, you know, you get to see a little bit more with, like, the Force Moon Vendor and everything. But, you know, regardless, it always felt kind of small scale because of the budget. like Because of the budget and technology at the time. You know, they couldn't go to, like, you know, do, like, a city planet or anything like that without it looking like it's just a city um but george lucas was really into you know the cg and technology at the time so when he got a chance to finally do the prequels he was like oh man like i got so much i so many ideas i want to do and now i finally have like the technology to make it come to life and do it so that's how you get like some of the planets like coruscant and stuff where it's like what does a city planet look like in the world of star wars and it's like really cool and um we get to see like what life was like before the Empire, like how like when things were supposedly a lot more prosperous. And also, um Obi-Wan drop name drops the Clone Wars in episode four, but we're like, what does that mean? Like what does that look like? And so George Lucas was like, here you go. Here's what the Clone Wars look like. Here's why how they were called name- the Clone Wars.
1: Oh, like he mentions the Clone Wars?
0: He mentions them. Yeah, he's like, Oh, hey, and you're Anakin, like name
1: drop. I'm like, how do you name drop a war?
0: Yeah, he's like, he mentions, like, yeah, we're hey, like, uh, like me and Anakin were, uh, friends during the Clone Wars. And it's like, you know, Anakin's the one
1: a- that turns into Darth Vader, right?
0: Mm hmm. And so uh-huh. it's like, when you, uh, so the prequel series was to like answer those questions. Now, granted, does it answer them the best? I don't think so. I think they could have been, <laughs> some of those answers could have came a lot better. But I will say, um, It was cool to see another side of the galaxy. You know, other planets, more ships, more of like how the world works in Star Wars and stuff. Because the sequels did the opposite and they're paying for it now of not expanding really (laughs) on the world and just being like, we're just going to focus on the same characters you already know and focus on this and telling basically the same stories you already know and doing the same plot points. You already know. It's just like
1: All I can say okay. is I, I'm fulfilled with Star Trek. They gave me my middle beginning and ending in a linear line. I mean oh, that's like, all I'm saying.
0: Star Trek did the same mostly gets directed by the same person. JJ J. Abrams did the same thing with Star Trek, where when he made the new Star Trek timeline, he's just like, We're just gonna do the same things now, but you know, with new actors. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but they made it so it was its own timeline. So that if you're like, oh, that doesn't match the original stories, it's a different timeline. It it has an answer to it. And I actually like that because there are some parts I don't like with the new Star Trek, the new movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not watched the newest Star Trek one, Star Trek Discovery, which actually has a young Spock. And it's on my list once I'm done with the movies. Mm -hmm. um because i kind of
0: discovery is supposed to be i think the farthest in the past we've gone so far right is that that takes place even before um captain pike and everybody
1: yeah i believe it's the captain actually right before pike it's with spock as a uh, not even a lieutenant yet or anything he uh he's basically just a crew member he's very young he's just a basic science officer um so i do want to see that but that's why i was like i like the star trek when they did that, because that way, if I have any complaints, I'm like, all right, it's a different timeline. And they're not screwing with my original Star Trek either. Like, it's safe. It's done. Don't touch it. Also, they're coming out with a fourth one.
0: Yeah, they are. They, it's been kind of like, it's kind of been in development uh, hell for a little bit. But just like Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Beyond was the same way, where it took a while for them to get it. Like out. Well one
1: of one of the big things is they haven't contracted the actors who were in the originals or uh, the Star Trek ones previously, but they've been saying these are ones are gonna appear. And like with Carl Urban from The Boys, he's not guaranteed to be in the new Star
0: Trek. Well, he's busy. He's, like all of right. them are, are busy. Zachary Quinto, I think, is also busy doing some stuff. So I don't know yeah, if he's available. But right they've now. already
1: said like, hey, these two guys are gonna be in the movie. And now it's maybe they might not be. People are like, well, we don't want Spock and Bones you to be played by anybody else now. <laughs> that would that would mess with everything, and I have to agree.
0: Um, but it's like, honestly, yeah, I think the sci-fi cultures though are are doing pretty okay compared to some others. Okay. So I'll, I'll give it to them.
1: Um, what other ones kind of are doing bad?
0: Alien. <laughs> alien alien is not like it's like it's become like a 50 50 thing like they'll do something that they'll like every now and then they'll come up with are you talking about the alien
1: okay alien movies or the alien
0: franchise movie yeah like the alien franchise okay Um, because there's like there are some good alien like franchise movies that have come out but they're not always like because like for example i think like requiem for example right where it's like um, or not Requiem? What the heck was that movie? That's like <laughs> I didn't watch Requiem. To... I mean, there is a AVP Requiem, in it and it sucks. Uh, but
1: I remember that one too. That was I snuck into that movie.
0: Got a freebie. Oh. Um, because like the last one we got was Alien Covenant, right?
1: That one was yes, okay. Yes, which I didn't get to see. I was going to rent it. Because I watched the movie before that where it was, oh, Prometheus. Apparently Prometheus. Oh, Prometheus. Prometheus was stupid. (laughs) Prometheus made no sense.
0: Well, Prometheus. Like, the problem with Prometheus is it's it's tries to be an Alien sequel, but the problem is it's so no, no, far no. removed from Alien that it it doesn't really feel like an Alien. Like,
1: no, it's not a pre- sequel. sequel. It's the beginning. It's the start. No, of. So, I, so
0: I, that's why. I, I, oh. That's why. That's why I mean. Like, it's a. I, I said sequel, but I meant prequel. It's Come supposed on, to be like. That's way that's my bit everything. to do.
1: It's my bit to miss- say things, <laughs> to speak incorrectly. Um, but yeah, it's like, I actually didn't know, you know it was part of it until. I was reading online about it because was, I was trying to find an actor who was in it, and I can't even remember who. And they're like, oh, next to the series is uh, Alien Covenant. And I was like, wait, why is Alien Covenant part of it? Because nowhere it even really mentions the type of alien that's in Alien.
0: Well, xenomorphs aren't in Prometheus. Like, you get, like, a little kind of proto-xenomorph right. uh, thing, and you see, like, the the um engineers you know you see their the the big ship that they find in the first alien uh movie but it's like it's not very clear like it's not it's yeah. not there's nothing that like um the only reason anyone knew that it was an alien prequel is cuz Ridley Scott said it was <laughs> in like interviews if you just went off that movie like there's definitely a lot of alien elements you could maybe be like oh like it, like the I, engineer I, pod thing that was the only thing that was like oh that's exactly from alien see, everything else I, is I thing I watched it
1: without context and i did not even when i even saw the engineer pod i was like okay a pod because sci-fi movies i mean the engineer pod i get what you're saying it does it, it is very similar it is exactly like but the thing is almost every alien sci-fi movie futuristic has a type of pod Style, so it's like,
0: oh, it oh, could no, just this have one been a fun Exactly the same, right? But, but when be- I haven't watched an alien like,
1: movie in like forever,
0: oh, so like, yeah, because it's like a H It's you know what it is. It's that it's an H.R. Geiger thing because H.R. Geiger is the one who designed um, the alien and also kind of like the alien ships and stuff. And so it's like that helps a little bit because I'm like, I know what his designs look like, and that looks exactly like H.R. Geiger's style. Like, Yes, like yes somebody who's of
1: make... the general public. Who yeah. don't know people behind the scenes. Um, I was like, oh, it's a science pod. And I thought the movie was supposed to be more about, like, who created humans. Because the way they kept saying engineers, I'm like, oh, engineer people? And then it was like, yes, no? What's going on now?
0: Well, there's was... implications that maybe the engineers are the ones who made people. Um... Right.
1: And that's what I assumed the whole movie was about, that it was, like, finding out that, oh... These are our quote unquote gods and stuff like that. And it was like, okay. But then it ended weird and I was like, I'm not sure even what happened. Everybody dies except for one person and the robot head and <laughs> that's it. So it's always and it's a robot head, which is weird. Instead of a cat, it's a robot head this time.
0: Yeah, David. Uh played by Michael Fassbender. Um, David.
1: I hate when they do that. In sci fi movies and fantasy movies and stuff, like one of the prime characters has the flattest name ever he's important he's a robot he's recording shit he he's going to be the thing that everybody understands. he's a he's a black box
0: see, what shall we the, what shall we call him david see but that fits in like you know with um the paul keeping with the alien thing because there's always a robot i forget the one uh, what his name was in the first movie but in the first movie there's a robot.
1: Which I'm fine with the robot. I'm saying, why do you give him such flat names? Why in sci-fi? Why is one of the characters that are seemingly important given such flat name? Like in Dune, Paul.
0: It's Paul. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's only but so many names. You know, what did you want him to be named? Something sci-fi, like his mother. His okay, mother's name was just be, Jess. That could be anything. Like right. sci-fi Paul. isn't defined by names. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, but definitely not Paul. Paul, come
1: on. Paul I mean, David.
0: It, yeah, but like, 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 if, for example, in Star Trek, everyone calls the captain Kirk, but his name is James. But they come Kirk from is Earth. just his last name. They come from Earth, though. So do the robots in <laughs> Alien. They don't come from anywhere else.
1: Yeah, but they're human. Like it's humans.
0: You're okay, gonna have that James name a boy name a you're gonna have the boring name your parents give you. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like. Imagine if all of Star Trek they kept just kept calling him James.
1: I'd still be okay with that. I love. Star
0: Trek. <laughs> I don't think you
1: would. Nothing I think can ruin it for lying. me. I even love. <laughs> I even love the background characters. If you watch closely, they do nothing in the background. There's a GIFs where it, somebody has you know gotten scenes where there's this one guy who's literally just doing this against the wall. He's not holding or gripping onto anything. There's nothing on the wall. He's just just making this motion against the wall. And it's like, great. And I love the background characters. There was one I posted on the Instagram where a guy is working out and he's like this. He has two bars and he's just doing this. That's the whole workout. (laughs) He's just pulling one. And he was so weird. I would be fine with that. I mean, his name is... They don't call him... No, they don't call him James.
0: Like, the only one who gets close is Bones, who always calls him Jim. But only when he's mad with him.
1: That's true. Which is more often than not.
0: Yeah. He's just like, damn it, Jim. <laughs> it's
1: like, Jim, you need to come down to the firmary. I'm fine. You're not fine. Mm-hmm. Poor, I mean, poor I do feel you though, letters. because like,
0: I remember uh, in, in speaking, thinking of Star Wars in um, episode set is seven. No, eight. Episode eight with The Last Jedi. Um, there's a character in that movie called DJ. And that's just his name. His name's just DJ. And I'm like, out of all the names you could do in Star Wars, you DJ? That's what you went with?
1: <laughs> Why would you pick such a like a full house? I just think it's like a full house now.
0: Like he's played by um, Benicio Del Toro and I was like that's the most uncreative name I've ever heard in Star Wars and there have been some uncreative ones
1: <laughs> that's true what are some other uh, fandoms or f- fan culture you're part of do you think
0: um, I definitely am uh, hugely into uh, the gorillas fan culture I love the gorillas um, m- like not just their music but just also their like lore like they have a whole story and stuff like there's a whole like (laughs) yeah every album introduces like a new well except for this last one song machine song machine's kind of been like very like up to interpretation because there is no set story but for the most part most of the time the gorillas have like a set storyline they're following and have backstories all of the like there's a whole book that's like a you know uh how you'll have like um you know celebrities will have a book like here's my story here's our memoirs of how we yeah got started autobiographies. there's a one for the gorillas and it's written as if it's like you know written i think it's written by like murdoch nichols uh which is the bass player in the band and he tells the story of how they got together and how the band got, uh, got started and everything so they have like a whole story of how they got formed together their journeys with each album where they were like you know like how because uh, you know when you watch the music videos you're like what the heck's going on because i remember plastic beach there was like so many um music videos and in them noodle who's the main guitar player is a robot and i was like why is she a robot because i didn't understand then i reread it can I, be then I read the lore. Apparently there's like, yeah, Noodle was on that windmill and the Feel Good Incorporated, uh, or, uh, you know, well, it's, it is isn't Feel Good. The windmill, like floating windmill kind of air thing. And then in the El Manana video, it falls to the ground and crashes. And no one ever found a body. So no one knows where Noodle is. But Murdoch needed a uh, guitar player. So he built a robot using the and uh, robot slash clone using the DNA of Noodle that he found at the right at the wreckage and created a robot Noodle who is now the guitar player. And I'm just like, all of this stuff is going on, <laughs> but it's cool. It's fun. It's interesting. And really, it's just like kind of nonsensical. You know, just so you can have like these fun ideas and all these music videos and stuff. But that's the fun of the Gorillaz is that it's kind of its own thing. It doesn't have to be very beholden to this idea of what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. And it's so fun. But also the music too is just phenomenal. I love a lot of the Gorillaz music. And even the albums that I like least, I still find enjoyment out of them. They're just like not my favorite albums compared to others.
1: I I'm not a big music person. I listen to whatever. Either I'm like, oh, I like it, or somebody's like, hey, listen to this type of deal. I'm not. I don't like like any like artist like favoring. Back when I was in high school, I was like that, and the biggest one I was into was Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. I like knew. See, I never all really got into Fall
0: Out Boy that much. I knew who they were, but I never like listened to a lot of their music outside of what I... was on the radio
1: yeah no i love them i always was dying to see them in concert i still have not that's a that's a thing i need to do just to have teenage alex be happy but yeah no i get it when thinking about like them now i'm not into them and i have no idea what's going on but i was like fully invested they i do know they broke up briefly um almost like 10 years ago or something and like patrick stump the lead singer has a really amazing and soulful voice and he was doing surprisingly well for a single artist so I don't entirely know why he went back with the band Mm. the only one who did not have a successful solo career was Pete Wentz who was like the front man of Fall Out Boy but I was like the some more I know he was the only one so like I used to be into like music culture and do the punk pop thing not so much anymore. Now it's just like whatever I hear, I kind of like. I sometimes wish I th- I feel like music has lost that like story and lore though. Mm-hmm. Because like with an album, with a CD, you got like all these lists of songs that came out in like a certain order. And you had to listen in a certain order because it told a story or like the songs like referenced each other in some way. Or like they'll give you like tidbits about like
0: a concept album
1: well not only that even like with fall out boy it was not a concept album but their songs were all connected in some weird way like i remember that can
0: still be a concept you know like because like the idea of a concept because you know depends on what you're thinking is but it's like for some people a concept album is like it has to be like this elaborate like tale that each song is weaving and You know, there's a story, kind of like something like a Pink Floyd, The Wall, where it was like, there's like a clear story, like definitive beginning, middle, end. But I'm like, no, sometimes the concept album could also just be all these songs are supposed to tie together. They have a similar sound and they're they're supposed to just put you in a a certain headspace. But there's no story it's telling. It's just this song references this song references this song because all of it kind of ties together thematically as opposed to in a literal sense with like a lore story or tale. You
1: know Yeah, I guess their first album. I remember they had to change one song because it referenced a celebrity, and their their lawyers are like, "You're gonna get sued." So their song their song was literally titled, "Our lawyer made us change the title of the song," which ended up being leading them to all these like ridiculously long titles for songs for their first album. And I really love that idea because at the time, like everybody had that one name song. Even like My Chemical Romance had like Helen Ghost. Like, it was always one word, and here were these guys with, like, these long-ass titles that were, you know, weaved into the song or somehow had this, like, lore story back to it. And I I miss that. I don't know if bands are still doing that, because, again, I don't do any of that, but I feel like sometimes music nowadays doesn't have the story it did back in the 90s and early
0: 2000s. Where oh, like They still w- do. There's still some people making concept albums and stuff like that. Um... It's like, just one of those things where you just got to, like, be on the lookout for it. Because it is hard to find now because of the street, you know, the music's different now. Now there's it's all about streaming. So, like, you got a lot of people who are making the quick, like, two-minute song because they want, like, more streaming numbers. And the way you get to, that is on TikTok. And TikTok has, like, a three-minute limit. Exactly. So it's, like, you know, versus, like, back in the day, it was like, yeah, no, we want this song to be four minutes because we want people to, to listen. For as long as we can, unless it's like, unless you're going for radio play, then it's like, you know, you're trying to hit that three minutes to like fit in there and get more plays on the radio.
1: There's a Justin Timberlake song that in itself, oh, it had Scarlett Johansson in it. I even think the music video was like fucking 13
0: minutes long. Cry Me a River?
1: No, no, no. It wasn't Cry Me a River. It was, it was on the same album. Uh, Hmm. I forget what it was, but it was like
0: 13 minutes long. But Justin Timberlake is the king of that. He'll make, like, uh, back when he was, even when he made um, 2020, like, he would just make, like, these songs that you listen to the radio cut, and it's so tight, it's succinct, it's like, here's the song, all right, it's done. Then you listen to it on the album, and it's, like, eight minutes, <laughs> and yeah, really that and then back you- eight, that back four is just, like, the beat. And him just, like, ad-libbing. It's not even necessary. It's just like, why is this song eight minutes long? if he
1: makes a music video out of it, it's, like, 15 minutes long. I remember that one in particular. And I remember having Scarlett Johansson and them, like, having a 1920s vibe going on. And just being like, Jesus, this music video is not ending. (laughs) Like, it could, it should have ended so long ago. But he's, like, has this elaborate plan with it. Um... I guess music still say I just don't listen to it the way I used to um yeah, it so, depends
0: on the artist really, because like some like some do put in that time. I would say like uh Kendrick Lamar, for example, he puts in that time to do stuff like that um and it's kind of you know, it's neat when you see it. also, you are thinking of, of what goes around comes around that music yes. video. that music
1: feels long. Did you see a time reference? that was insane that was an insane long video (laughs) i think it had tom hardy in it no no i don't know i don't know anymore i remember scarlett johansson that was it
0: now i will say Um, i was a huge justin timberlake fan in 2000s when justin timberlake uh like went solo um i was just like man this dude can make like after uh i'm bringing sexy back that was like that was it i was like oh man this dude's dope like (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah that was like
0: but you know what it is it mainly came from i only when i got older when i realized oh it's not justin it's timberland because timberland's production is what made justin timberlake like famous like if it wasn't if it like or the mix of the two rather like if timberland Mm. wasn't making those beats justin timberlake would not be as popular as he was who
1: who did he did that with one band too their song apologize i forget the band yeah
0: with one republic
1: yeah, One Republic. All he did was add him saying yeah in it. And that's the song everybody heard. That's the song that was on TRL. That was a song on the radio. Just him adding yeah and being in their music video. I think that ended that up song on his
0: album right. too, because Timberland also came out with an album and that song also was on there. Um because I think they like shared it together.
1: I think like him and like Little John, all they have to do is just be in the video or like say a word. <laughs> And it's like, all right, they're good now.
0: Well, Timberland was like, you know, the same way we think about Kanye um, in like the, I want to say the early to late 2000s is the same way Timberland was, where he was like the pop producer for a long period of time. Like if Timberland was on your project, you could make some dope like beats and his sound was just like unmatched. Like he had just a unique sound um, at the time that kind of defined the pop pop of the 2000s for a lot of yeah
1: no i i will agree to that because a lot of the songs i remember from around that time definitely had uh timberland in them and yeah no he was the way he made a beat was very good and very strong because i remember listening to original apologize and i'm like oh this is much slower oh it's missing parts like i remember realizing the difference and somebody who's not musically inclined i'm a terrible terrible i can't keep a tune whatsoever <laughs> if you've ever heard me sing it is like i do i, I sing little bits of my like instead of talk i sing talk i do that often um like linda belcher however if i try to actually sing a song it, it like about one fourth of the way in i lose it i lose the tone i lose the rhythm i lose the steadiness and i'm just somewhere off where i can remember the lyrics But everything else, no. It's, like, horrible. (laughs) Um, So as somebody who's not musically inclined, I could definitely tell the difference between the two songs where I was like, oh, yeah, it's missing a beat, it's missing Timberland, and it just didn't have the same, like, hit that it did when he added his his, um, style to it. Mm. Because it also had this moment, I remember with the beat, it had this, like, beat in it that kind of matched your heartbeat, and that's what you wanted to feel, especially with the song apologize we're talking mm-hmm. about it's too late to apologize and you're kind of being like hey we broke up and you're trying to get me back but like dude no so it's like that steadiness that sh- the attachment to your actual natural heartbeat is um you know amazing when you think about it that he was able to do that
0: yeah he was great uh he's still great now because he's still making music now yeah. um it's just like because like what's the two? I'm not gonna lie. The more I listen to music now, the more I'm like, man, I miss the 2000s a little bit. Like whenever I listen, go back. I have a playlist on my Spotify that is just all 2000s music, and just listening back to all the music I used to listen to in the 2000s, I'm like, it's still good. I still like it. <laughs> like it's still got dope beats. Not everything. There's some songs where I'm like, ah, it's clearly a product of its time. But most things, I'm I like. Know. 2000 was a good year, <laughs> like or a good seven um, years Bowling for
1: Soup, I recently listened to their 1985 song, and I saw a TikTok about it, too, and I was re-listening to it, and I was like, you know, I'm kind of jealous of the person in the song that they're describing. Like, oh, she takes one Prozac a day. Just one Prozac a day? <laughs> like, that's great. I would love to take one Prozac a day. And like, oh, she's got a minivan. I'm like, I have a Beetle that I've had to replace every fucking part in, almost, that's to get it in a steady old. drive.
0: Like, that's all.
1: Right. She's got a new minivan. She's got, like, like a husband, a financial stability. I'm, like, in a shoebox right now. <laughs> like, the same age as, like, oh, in one Prozac a day. Again, like, that and just, like, she jumped about being on White Snakes. I'm like. That's actually not bad. I feel a little jealous of the person they're trying to describe. And it's like, oh uh, man, how would I get here? <laughs>
0: uh, also, speaking of Kanye, I'm I was a Kanye stand for a while um, from his stuff in the 2000s. Uh, it was just before all the madness started uh, with the MTV mu- uh, music video awards when him, him getting on stage and... Uh,
1: Interrupting Taylor Interrupting Swift. Interrupting
0: Taylor Swift, yeah. Like, just, uh, and even after that, I still was like, enjoyed his music, but I was like, all right, I don't know what's going on with this dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was like, all right, that was weird. And then, like, Beyonce handled it, like, you know,
0: like a true, true, like. You could tell Beyonce was, was just is. like, please don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> like, don't, yeah, she was like, like
1: mortified. On she was mortified, but she handled it, and then she's like, brought Taylor up because she's like, at the time, Taylor Swift was very young, very new to everything. And to have, like, somebody interrupt one of your first awards, it was like, that sucks, man. Yeah. You just took
0: so much away from her. And especially coming from the... Because, you know, that was, I think, the first year Taylor went pop. Because for the longest time, she was country. So she probably... I like, Even though she's popular, she's probably used to going to, like, a lot of the country award shows. and yeah. um, And they're probably, like... I hate to say it, but most most of the country uh you know country both performers and fans are white people and they're not gonna do that. So <laughs> like, even if they have been drinking, they're they're gonna do all their debauchery behind the scenes. So <laughs> Taylor Taylor was safe on the stage. She could just do what she wanted on the stage.
1: I mean, after we see with Will Smith, I mean I can't Argue
0: your point <laughs> at all, so you know, um, it's just like so. It's yeah, I'm just saying between the Kanye thing, the Nicki Minaj, Miley was good like on stage, it's like you couldn't wait till after you were not on stage to confront Miley Cyrus. No. You had issues, no, like, no, no, you I did do I, it right. I'm there. on Nicki Minaj's
1: side, I'm, I'm not Manage saying aside. she wasn't
0: right that to girl... have an issue with Miley Cyrus. I'm just saying, listen, there's <laughs> like, I don't know what it is with people of color, but we feel like we got to show out on the stage. Go backstage. Hey, my people ain't doing nothing. Dave Chappelle's, uh, the dude who tried to run up on Dave Chappelle learned that lesson very, <laughs> in a way he will hey. never forget. Don't it's run up on of... stage. I'm telling you now, it will not work out for you. I did not
1: even mind.
0: That's true. You're you're good. It's mostly black. I'm mostly referring to black people. <laughs> no, my people will meet you in my the parking lot. Like, remember, who, who yeah, does stuff like that.
1: My people will meet you in the parking lot. We'll take you. We'll take you. But like, we do it in the parking lot. It's still in public. I will say that much. At least the ones <laughs> I've been in, it's still in public. We don't do things in private. But
0: it's just like for Taylor um, Swift. That probably was <laughs> like her. That's probably why she was so angry about it. Where she's just like, I'm like nor like you know in her mind it's like a are supposed to be i come up get the award everyone listens to me and instead this man just came up here took my <laughs> took my microphone and stole my thunder <laughs> the bastard
1: it's also like events like that are supposed to be like heav- heavily moderated and like focused and like there should be people on guard and like some uh, as it seems people you know slip through and it's understandable because you know you have like out of 600 people so like i get the also that like anticipation of like i'm going to a fancy gala and i'm going to a fancy event and now it's just absolutely been ruined especially for taylor swift she was like 18 19 at the time because mm-hmm. she's just like basically a kid too and getting to go to your first like major pop where you're an award show where you're next to like beyonce and you know at that, Kanye, yeah, at that point the like big adele, the big ones yeah. you know
0: like adele shakira possibly shakira, you know like britney Spears, jennifer lopez like jennifer yeah lopez, like all these
1: all these stars. yeah all these huge names and just like you're like all right i'm with the bar and then all of a sudden this person's like yeah you don't deserve anything and tells everybody that it's just like absolutely humiliating i couldn't imagine the rager you know embarrassment she was feeling at the time
0: um but it's like you know but it's like I, I still liked Kanye's music for the longest time, and I think, but I think you know the reason I've kind of like fallen off a little bit is just because that was also the shift in like Kanye's topics. Because it's like in in the beginning, Kanye talked about kind of the experience that a lot of black people weren't talking about, because he came into the hip hop world from a different angle, where he was, um, this you know in a world where. At that time, hip-hop was meant for those who were, like, hard. Like, people who came from the streets, came from struggle, came up and made um, dope music. Kanye was like, I mean, you know, I grew up in Chicago, but I, like, had a good mom, good dad, proper upbringing, went to college, dropped out of college. Like, he had a pretty okay upbringing as far as, like, you know, not really being from the streets in that way. But he's like, but I have more to... I have stuff to talk about. And he talked about other things. He talked about, like, struggle of being insecure. He talked about being a college dropout and all those things. Why his album titles in the beginning were what they were, which was college dropout, (laughs) late registration, and graduation. Like, you know, that trilogy of albums was really good because he was pushing the sound from it just being, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool we got street dudes, but we don't need to all be from the street. We can talk about other things. Which also, like...
1: Because I could understand the rappers and the hip-hop. I didn't like Kanye West. I was When I was into hip-hop, I was into, you know, the ones who had the struggle. Because I came from the struggle. Um, and like him, I didn't understand what he was going through. Because, like, in my mind, I was like, I could never do college dropout. Like, why would you just drop out of college? Just finish it. And I grew up with that also mentality of, like, you you get your degree. That's it. Don't care what, just get the degree and all that stuff. So I was always like with Kanye, I was like, why is he glorifying this too? Kind of. But now being older, I realize. It was good for people who had decided to drop out of school, whether due to stress, realizing it wasn't for them. It did. It was good that they had a voice to show that it was not. As big of a stigma as people were making it out to be. And I think that is what Kanye was. He was taking parts in stigmas that a lot of minority people don't get to be a part of. It's yeah. very rare that well, you even- hear about a minority person dropping out of college because, especially like with me, I'm a first generation. You know, my mom and dad came from Mexico. You don't do that. You work and you go to school, you go to college. That's it. You have like a certain way. And like, and a lot of that is with minority families. You're working so that the next generation has this. And it's always the goal of go to college and get a better job than we had. Mm -hmm. And I see that. And then when when Kanye had that album, it showed like, "Hey, I'm a fuck up too, and that's okay." (laughs) And it was like, "Oh, okay." And then it resonated
0: with like it was just so personal too, because you had the song also the song "Through the Wire" where he got in that really bad car wreck, and then his uh and his jaw was wired, which that was like the thing that made him like extra famous. Cause it's like he'd already he was already famous because he was producing for Jay Z when uh-huh. when he first got into the music industry he was producing for Jay Z and for other rappers on the Rockefeller Records which is uh, Jay Z's like label and then but he wanted to rap for himself and uh, you know he was putting things together and then he got into a really bad car wreck that nearly killed him and it was so bad that it like they had to reconstruct his jaw so his jaw was wired shut but he like had an idea so he went um to the studio and recorded this song with his jaw wired shut and it like so if you listen to through the wire it's why he sounds different and sounds weird um but he like but he did it like <laughs> he did the whole song oh. um
1: i have, i don't think i've ever listened to yeah through the, the wire
0: shows. is a great song um and it's also great because he samples Shaka um, Khan's Through the Fire. And so it's like, it's really good. Um, but then um, he, uh, but then also on that, on the college dropout, he does a song called Jesus Walks, where he uh, basically just like.
1: Right, I remember that.
0: Just the whole Addie. song's about how like he wanted to make a song with the word he wanted to do that song but the clubs and the radio people were like we don't want to play it because it has jesus in the title and he's like it's not even a christian song it's just a dope hip-hop song you won't even play it
1: (laughs) i actually didn't like that song and i think it was just because he just repeated the word jesus over and over and i'm like okay now it's good it felt like a christian song it's good
0: it's not even a christian song it has nothing to do with christianity no i know it
1: doesn't (laughs) You know what's what's the most popular Christian band? Skillet.
0: No. The killers. Really? They're are, are, they're the Mormon. Are a Christian band? They're Mormon. Wait, but okay, so here but here's the thing though, because like my when I think of a, a Christian band, I don't think about, oh, I'm a Christian and I make music. And I think of a Christian band, I think of like people who are making music with the specific intent. To spread the message of Christianity and get you to also like believe, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: but if you if you listen to some of their songs and actually look at the lyrics, they're talking about saints saving them, um, going in the certain the path of the God and all this stuff. So it actually has a heavy religious tone. I don't think anybody ever picked up on it. But and I knew they were Mormon. I knew they were Mormon. But I don't think anybody just paid attention because it was the same. It was really, it was really good music, and you could dance to it, and nobody listened. It's the same way with that song um, "Pump Up Kicks." Nobody knew what that song meant. Oh uh, no! They all thought it was about <laughs> sneakers, and then somebody was like, somebody told like a younger generation. I, fr- I I saw it on TikTok where they were explaining. it. They're like, you know what that song means, right, people? You know what it means. They're like, it's not about shoes. Uh, so i think people sometimes don't listen to lyrics they hear the beat they hear the chorus and they're like oh yeah this is really good i am mean yeah short attention span and and all that they like
0: want the they want the rhythm
1: (laughs) that is me um outside of music what other like fandoms have you like follow like tv wise what's like a show like
0: that you're just always into i can't tv shows it depends because like for me it's hard for me to get hooked into a tv show like like really go Do you have a like show. a comfort show? Um. Well, yeah. I watch Ink Master all the time. That's a, that's my comfort show. Right now, Brooklyn Nine become my comfort show. I'm like, yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Um, I'm still Every getting week through week season two. I just the last episode I did was um. Uh, the Linetti Boyle wedding of like uh, Charles's dad and Gina's mom getting married.
1: I love when you got to meet Kevin. Uh, Holt's wife? H- Holt's wife, sorry. Holt's husband. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Holt's husband, Kevin, yeah. was... I just love... I, I think it's in the first season? Where it they is. go to the dinner party?
0: Yeah, they go to the, the dinner, dinner
1: party. party sure. is my absolutely... Like, I could watch that over and over. And I love when they're all stuck in the bathroom, and he tells the dog, do not ruin this for us. Do you understand? The dog's just, like, happy.
0: Um, I think it's interesting that Terry... Terry Crews play just plays Terry, (laughs) like Terry. He's just Terry Crews, but just more exaggerated. He
1: really is. But I find he plays himself in almost everything
0: he does. Well, oftentimes he he plays like the angry buff dude, and in this show he gets to be like he's like he definitely you know he's still buff, and you know when he's angry he's angry, but he also gets to be sweet. You know he like he's a family man. He cares about his kids. Like his babies are everything. (laughs) Like. (laughs) <laughs> to the point where he's well, drawing them a children's well, book and and all this stuff, like you know what I mean.
1: But that's what I'm saying. He always plays that like big scary black man with the sweet side. Like even in the movie White Chicks, he did that where he was like big and oh, scary. No. White kinda... Chicks.
0: He's like awful. He's like a self. He's
1: awful. He's like no, a, he's ra- awful. a racist
0: against black people.
1: <laughs> no, he is. I will. I will. I do not argue with that at all. Which he's makes very, a, which
0: uh, it's,
1: funny it's an because... all
0: white party. Hadn't you heard that? Yeah, it's all white party, which is like. But you're black. You don't get to say that. Yeah, I love that. He's like.
1: He's like, I'm not a woman. You're white. You're black. I'm like, really? That's the issue at hand. Um. But yeah, no, Terry Crews. I, I, every time I see him in something, he plays that same like giant, buff, terrifying dude who's just really sweet, and you're like, oh, oh, okay, I trust you.
0: <laughs> see, you, you haven't seen the um, Expendables, where he's a badass.
1: No, I've seen the Expendables. Yeah, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No,
0: no, Mm-mm. no, no, no.
1: There's a movie with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans.
0: Oh, you're thinking of the Losers. Is that? Not... Yeah, and he's not yes. in that. <laughs> but the Losers is good, though. I like that movie. No, I haven't seen. I haven't read movie. the book. Uh, I haven't read the comic book, but the the movie's dope. I love the movie a lot. The yeah, ended
1: up being way You're than you're
0: thinking of Idris Elba. Who's in that movie? Probably, because he's he's dark skinned and big, (laughs) not as big as Terry Crews. The other, but (laughs) the other buff
1: black man who has a really nice voice. Both of them have just like really. When Terry's that high pitched, he has like a really like like that
0: nice of a voice. It's a voice that fits him though. Really, I would think I think it's hell, but he has a great voice. Like he his voice is really good.
1: I like both of their voices. I feel like both of them come to me a bedtime. <laughs> Terry like Crews,
0: though.
1: I'm. Um, I feel like Terry Crews would do the voices, though, for the characters in the book. You just also wouldn't. You would just read it. <laughs> Terry Crews, you would get, like, the performance. You would get the different voice for, like, the bullfrog to, like, the princess to, you know, all the other characters. So I will give him that.
0: Well, Terry Crews is an um, interesting person because, it's like, Terry Crews originally was, like, a football player. And I, I still have not, like, I, I haven't, just because I'm not, like, a huge Terry Crews fan, I haven't dived into the story of how he got into acting, but it's just, like, <laughs> I think he got, like, injured, like, in football, so he couldn't do football anymore, but he wanted to do something else, and he and he really liked acting, and he had a lot of celebrity friends, I think, is the story, and then that just led to him eventually getting roles, mostly yeah, as, that, like... like, mostly roles as, like, the big black dude in the background. But eventually, like, people really liked him enough that they were like, hey, you want to, like, have some lines? <laughs> and, like, actually well, they do. probably realized he's, like,
1: naturally funny. They're like, oh, you're funny. We should probably try a comedy instead of, like, an action film where you're, like, standing in the background menacingly.
0: I mean, because um, well, mostly he did comedies. He didn't do action for a while. Um, and even then, I think the biggest action role he's done is The Expendables with, like, Sylvester Stallone and stuff.
1: Ah, oh, I know what movie you're talking about now. Yeah, I didn't want to watch a bunch of old men try to fight. I mean, it's badass. <laughs> you know what? We've talked about fan fiction on this on this um, <laughs> podcast, which I tease you about. But I'm actually an avid reader of fan fiction. See, I, have I my don't own read fan I can't stand it.
0: I, I, I really because fan fiction is always, almost always, like the worst ideas. But other people think it's like the best. Like if not always, there are some great fan fiction writers out there. But there most of the time, it's like it's it in the sense of like for example, fan cuz when I think of fan fiction, you uh, and like how bad it can get. Look no further than the multiple multiple fan fiction stories that are like sequels to Zootopia. Of like Judy Hopps and freaking Nick, uh, Nick the Fox. <laughs> Like they are just so bad. There's such bad stories. <laughs> the worst of them being one that's basically no, I don't a what... PSA against abortion. Like it's just it's just terrible.
1: <laughs> Which I didn't know that until somebody on TikTok said. You know what bothers me about the Zootopia abortion fan fiction. And I was, and like somebody else stitched the video and they're like, the what?
0: And I was like, the what? (laughs) Yeah. I've read, I've I've seen it because it's like a comic book. I've seen it. It's terrible. It's so, it's so melodramatic
1: and dumb.
0: (laughs) I won't like argue that point. There are some
1: terrible, terrible, (laughs) terrible like fan, but I find some stories that I'm like, oh, I really like. I actually, I won't go to Wattpad. Wattpad is like, I don't know what the fuck is going on over there. That is a weird-ass shit over there. Uh, I stay away from there. I go to AO- AO3. I actually have an account, and I read fanfiction all the time. I read it, actually, before I go to bed. It's very soothing. Um, what was my point of this? Oh, Expendables. Feels like an old man fan fiction. <laughs> Feels like there was an old man who wanted to pretend to relive his, like, lonely, his, like, you action know, days. That is
0: not true. Expendables <laughs> is live-action G.I. Joe. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> the, it, the actual it, live action G.I. Joe movies it feels, aside, it feels like live action G.I. Joe. It Just like- feels like a G.I. Joe
1: film, but they're like, yeah, but I want it till the actors are older. What happens
0: when they're in their sixties and seventies? Well, No, it's
1: not even it's about like, them
0: being older. It's just the fact of like, hey, all your action stars are in one movie: Jason Statham in the movie, Sylvester Stallone in the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie. These are people you've never seen act together in this movie. That was the fun of the Expendables, like which would all have in been one great. film.
1: For me, would have been great had it been during their like prime years. I this mean, is just saying yeah, like, old men. But here's
0: the thing. It's like, all of them existed in different eras. Because it's like it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh. Sylvester Stallone, they're from a different era. But then it's like, you also have Jet Li and Jason Statham, who are younger. And by, by the time they became action stars, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were old at that point. Or getting older, right, there rather. There was they were plenty of like action
1: films, probably plenty of action actors, they could have put in. It feels like an old man wanting to relive his glory days and he goes with a bunch of young ruffians. Listen, you
0: are not That's going to like the action prowess that is on screen when you watch The Expendables, all right? The amount as of somebody testosterone reads, that exists in that I, movie, it, <laughs> like, it is unmatched by any other film ever. As somebody who reads
1: avid fan fiction? That is another thing. They like to put a lot of testosterone sometimes. (laughs) They're like, what if this happened? It's a a fan fiction like Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote. That's what it feels like (laughs) to me. Like when they have movies like that where it's like these really, really old action. I get it what they're trying to do. But like at the same time, when you're really old, like by 30, your body has taken such for a normal average person. Your body has taken such a beating. And then for an action star. Your body has taken a worse beating. I mean, The Rock had to have it written in his contract. We were talking about that he can only receive so many punches to the face, or the, or the body, or See, the stomach.
0: But that's for that's not for like, like because a that's for the screen. He's not actually because you know it's movies. None of them are actually getting hurt. Um, outside of maybe right. the stunt crew, but <laughs> the actual actors but you aren't getting think hurt. About that's it. more for like on screen. I want to look like a heroic badass. And I, in my mind, I can't do that. If I'm getting beat up, I got to like be the one who's doing the beaten up.
1: But I feel like that's part of it because also you, those hits do land sometimes. So if you're going to punch me, only punch me like twice and we can get like a shot or two before you end up actually hitting me or something like that. And they don't want to like risk it. Because all of them, like, The Rock used to wrestle in his days. That, fake or not, that's a lot of, like, strenuous activity. Oh, yeah. I'm so sure The Rock has, kind of like, like yeah. you know,
0: probably has, like, some knee problems now. He probably um,
1: has some arthritis. Some back
0: problems, yeah, <laughs> at his the age. Of,
1: I mean, he would lift people, the amount of lifting. I mean, my back kills me. And but, it's just because I'm a woman. But here's the
0: thing. It's just, like, hey, first of all, if you get punched in the face on a movie set, you're that person, like, uh, let it happen enough times that person's never going to get hired again because that's the whole point of being stunt professionals, even wrestling. Like, they, there is safety measures to it, like, right as risky as it is. Um, but also I feel like
1: more so now, though.
0: yeah, but now also it's like you know, that's like that's the that, like that's just the nature of like popularity, you know what I mean? Because it's like I think about Hugh Jackman, for example, where Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for a long time. And uh, Wolverine in the first movie, you know, the the aesthetic of how like actors should look as far as like how like attractive they should look was different than it is now. Back then it's like, yeah, as long as you got some hair on your chest and you look a little lean, that's cool. Whatever. So he did. He didn't ha- he and then you cut to the last time he played Wolverine and he was shredded. The man had like eight pack abs See, okay. and was just like jacked. And it's like, what is going, like, okay, like, but then, and it's why I laugh when I watch uh, Days of Future Past, the X-Men movie that's supposed to take place, and they like, then he goes back into the past. It's supposed to take place in the 60s, which is technically before X-Men 1, but his body does not look the same. He looks just as jacked as he does in the present time. And I'm like, so what happened? Did you just stop going to the gym for a few decades? (laughs)
1: Look, like a lot of shit happened in the '90s. You got to remember that the was gym saying, wasn't always an option in the '90s. Like I was just say he
0: just um, like it's like if we're going back to X Men One, he's not gonna be that jacked anymore. He's gonna look. He's gonna look a lot a little well, that more lean.
1: Falls more to like the male audience. Did you know that? Because it's called the male gaze and the female gaze. The male gaze, what they think an action hero should look like, is the big buff, like burly dude, like Chris Hemsworth. But, like, if you follow the female gaze, they're all liking, like, Loki, who's, like, thinner and leaner. But, but here's the thing, so he's, Jack, he's a
0: lot more fit, too. Because, like, uh, you ever watched High Rise? Yeah, oh, yeah. When High Rise, like, Tom Hiddleston put in the work. That man right, like but he's solid not in High Rise.
1: He's <laughs> not, like, like, Chris Hemsworth. No,
0: no, like, he's not as big as Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth is just, Joe. especially now, he's gotten bigger. If you look up the Thor yeah, now, he he's, gotten is, huge. he's gotten huge, bigger. Well, uh, they say he's supposed to be playing Hulk Hogan in like a Hulk Hogan biopic, so I think it might be just a a thing where it's like he's you know like Hulk he's Hogan, getting bigger maybe. for one role, and so by extension, he's just going to be big for this role. Well, kind
1: of, kind of like Henry Cavill did.
0: Yeah, where Henry Cavill's like he's yeah he, uh, when he played in Cavill. Man from Uncle, like he was playing Superman, so he was already big, so he just was yeah, big it, in this movie too.
1: And then he went to The Witcher, which he got like bigger, mm-hmm. and like now I can't can't see him even playing Superman because like
0: well it's just like he's
1: still Superman has kind of a narrow waist going down.
0: Oh no, Superman! Depending on who's drawing him, some like some people draw Superman huge. I always too. see like.
1: I always see him like kind of more narrow waisted, broader shoulder. See, that's what I'm saying. Why draw them so big? It is so unnecessary. Well, because
0: they're supposed that's to be what like Greek gods. They're supposed to be like larger than life. So they're always like Jack. Even Batman. I'm like, the amount of time it would take for someone to get to like Batman's level in the in the comics, where his His Deltoids have Deltoids on Mm -hmm. them. Like you would have to work out like six hours a day. You would not have the energy to fight crime in the night.
1: (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. That's where like a lot of like shows, fandom, fan culture will fall. And that's why the like the females or uh, female presenting or people who like guys end up liking that comedy relief character who's leaner, who's just funnier. Because, like, the the male gaze of what a male tends to think looks like a hero, like you said, Greek God, isn't actually that attractive. And, like, dude, why do I want somebody who looks like they're on roids? Well,
0: it depends. Because like, some girls are into that type of thing. Some ladies want that. But it's like, but I have to say, I will agree, though. Most guys I know who are, like, buff like that, they're like, no, really? Like, my like because they it all, you always hear it all the time, like, actors say it all the time, where they're like, you know, they get shredded and they get, like, really jacked. And then they do an interview on late night and because uh, they're married or whatever. And the late night host is like, oh, well your wife probably loves that you're like all jacked up and then they're like, no, my wife hates it. My wife, <laughs> Yeah. and it's like, it's true because they want the teddy bear. They want someone they can hug and, and cuddle up to or whatever. Oh, hell yeah. when you're jacked, you just feel like stone. You feel like rock, <laughs> like you chew chips. You want to be able to lay like,
1: I want a tall chubby guy. Cause I like, I can hug around the middle. See, in my family, I'm one of the tallest, so I'm actually the one hugging people overhead and they rest their head on me. And, like, I want to be the one to hug mid and, like, rest my head on their chest or tummy. See? Like, that's what it is. Um, wh- Yeah, I think that's where a lot of, like, fan culture fall. And that's where I, you, these, like, side characters, comic reliefs, those characters end up being so popular. Like, with The, with the Witcher, Gaskier. I love Yaskier. He's my favorite part of that show. He's only in like eight of the episodes. And he's got some
0: abs, too, but he's not like Henry Cavill level, you know?
1: Yeah. He looks like he has an appropriate workout routine.
0: (laughs) He looks like He's he's got gym muscle. You know what I mean?
1: He's got gym... Like, you go to the gym, but you're also home in time to just eat like pasta with me. Because I'm not going to the gym. I want pasta more than anything. (laughs) I... And part of the pasta fan culture, I don't know if that's like a thing,
0: but like it, hey, everyone, I, loves, I everyone always, loves a little pasta, you know, just different versions of pasta. Um, I'm a more of a linguine sister, man, but that's just me personally.
1: I'm an alfredo. <laughs> that's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> my mom sent me something about garlic, and. Like, it was just about how much garlic to use in something. I'm like, oh, no, I'll always use more. She's like, I know. I'm like, I'm a garlic whore. And she's like, I know, sweetie. Like, I <laughs> I like, know I'm sweetie just like, I'm just going to let know.
0: that roll off my back. <laughs> I'm, I'm just... not even going. To go she's like, you're talking
1: thing. about food. It's like fine that you call yourself a whore when it comes to garlic, which I am. I will find a way to put garlic in everything I eat. That's how you know I'm not a vampire. <laughs> also, I have color pigment. Um, but I'm part of the garlic and pasta fan culture i don't know if that's like a thing because i will go out of my way to like eat that stuff mm-hmm. and it's like a big part of my life i would always find
0: a way to get pasta somehow some way
1: uh i call myself an afraid <laughs> of
0: interesting but it's uh do you have any like tv shows that you i know you're into a lot of tv shows like do you have any that you're a part of that's like part of your like you're part of like the major fandom of
1: A good chunk is um, Star Trek for me that I will regularly go back and visit. For a while, I would watch an insane amount of ridiculousness.
0: That's a pretty
1: good show. I was really big at that. Um, One, I am part of one. Uh, It is Good Mythical Morning, which we didn't really touch on internet shows. Yeah. YouTube or anything like that.
0: That's true, because I was huge into the Rooster Teeth fandom for a long time. yeah
1: which i still watch their like little cartoon animations but like nothing else of theirs i just like the animation
0: i still watch some of the achievement hunter stuff from time to time but it's kind of one of those things where like a lot of the main cast is kind of gone now from achievement hunter but mainly because they're they either they've been fired uh i won't i won't dive into that side of it as much or um they've just got moved on to about you tell me what
1: happened, like over, over, our, like at the restaurant we always meet at. Yeah, you're like, hey, did you know this? I'm like, what? Well, yeah, because I it's, it's like just
0: Jack and Jeff are like now, like a they're older, so they're just like you're know, kind of tired, um, but also they've been they've moved on to doing more yeah. of the like behind the scenes stuff. Um, same thing with Gavin a little bit. Um, Jeremy yeah. is left to go do his own things. Um, Ray, well, Jeremy's kind of like on retainer like he he's in video sometimes um ray oh. like ray who was in the original achievement hunters group like he has been like streaming on his own he's been gone so i'm like most of the crew's gone now and like and not that the new people aren't um, good it's just like they're not they're not my boys they're not who i grew up watching
1: <laughs> yeah it's not the old rooster um but with, G- with gmm good mythical morning i am a huge fan of theirs and so is my sister Like we, I watch their show every day, every morning. And then like, I'll watch compilations and I like, first of all, Rhett is like an insanely tall man. Mm -hmm. He has to bend and he makes uh, Link look short. And Link is like a proper, like six feet. Yeah. Six feet. And then Rhett's like six, seven or something. So he makes a tall man look short. And it's always funny to me. But I like Link the most because he's got ADHD or something, man. Because, like, I see his thought process. I'm like, that's like mine. And Christian and me were just talking about it where you can see sometimes intrusive thoughts, which is thoughts like, hey, what if you did this? Uh, Some of his intrusive thoughts when there was an episode way back at the beginning where he was holding a little mini blender and you see him pause, look at the blender and start moving his hand inward and turn on the blender. But he pulls that out in time, and Rhett's like, that got way closer than it should have. <laughs> He's like, ah, ha, ha, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's like an ADHD, neurodivergent type of deal, where sometimes we don't even realize the intrusive thought is kind of winning. Um, It's bad, but it's usually it's fine. <laughs> so, like, I have some of their merch. Um, I have a sweatshirt of theirs, which I will say their uh, their product is really good quality. It takes forever to get to you but like that's what you're holding up well it's it's a good product um but i really like them i know like their whole backstory where they come from um they're doing like a new show on discovery channel where they're because for a while now they've been doing mostly food stuff mm-hmm. because pandemic they can't have any guests they can't really they have minimal fruit so a lot of it's just like food right now and taste testing so they got kind of on discovery but I like have their book. So GMM, I'm actually a big part of their fandom culture or their fan culture.
0: I miss their songs. I actually. I miss when they used to I do, do too. music. I mean, I know that most of it was like ad stuff. Like it was them like doing a song and it was mostly sponsored by whatever like was in. Invo- because one they yeah. did one for like Tiger.com, like sponsored a video of theirs. <laughs> yeah. And so they just used a bunch of Tiger products and did a song. But I was just like man like now that they've just done they're strictly mostly just doing good mythical morning and a thousand other things they're really busy doing um i was like man i miss you and well, you guys they also used to got, do music
1: <laughs> they also got a hold of smosh they bought smosh yeah which smosh is another that. one
0: like there's a lot of, like really a lot of the old guard like youtube stars and and uh channels I used to like. I used to be into when I was a kid. You know, when YouTube first got started. But Buzzfeed,
1: then it's like, have you seen any Buzzfeed videos recently? No.
0: Which Buzzfeed? I was never into uh, Buzzfeed. I never really liked Buzzfeed that much.
1: I liked the Try Guys and then the Worth It Guys and then the Buzzfeed Unsolved. But Try Guys left, and then they stopped the Worth It episodes. And the Buzzfeed guys now got their the Unsolved guys got their own channel now. Um, I used to watch the videos like they would play because I was watching the Try Guys. So other videos would play. So I was like, oh this isn't bad i knew i ended up knowing a lot of the crew members on there recently i was going through buzzfeed because i was starting to unscribe like i just had them but i was unscribing finally Mm -hmm. Uh, i was going through like my whole youtube account being like i don't watch this i don't watch this why is this in a playlist (laughs) like i have something i'm whittling a fox i don't like that's like 3 a.m alex adding stuff to my watch list
0: carving or something
1: yeah whittling a fox like I do have whittling stuff, but I haven't whittled it ever since I kind of skinned my hand a little
0: bit, Ooh, pretty badly. Yeah, that'll do it.
1: It was fine. Yeah, it was because it's like one where you, it's curved, so you go like this to like help make uh indents, like bowls or stuff. Or and I just would um. Ironically, it wasn't until seven months later that I finally got uh, my updated tetanus shot, which was not a smart idea. Get get your vaccines in time. um yeah like 3am alex will do that uh so i was like oh buzzfeed so i looked through there's not a single person i recognize on buzzfeed anymore not a single person popped up that i was like oh i know them i know that not a single one going back i went back i think about six months to see if i recognized anybody in any of their nothing and it felt like i felt like oh this is really the end of an era i don't even know what they're doing anymore because they did do a massive layoff in 2019,
0: hmm. I believe that that makes sense. Because College Humor did the same thing, where a lot of um, people got laid off. Um, and I miss College Humor I mean, too. And granted, though, I like what they're doing now. Like that now, College Humor has turned into Dropout, which is they're like they have like their own little. Streaming I actually have service. their app. It's dope. I mean, I watch mostly. I ma- mainly watch Dimension Twenty because I'm a huge D and D nerd. So. Of course I watch the D D awesome? show. <laughs> you wanna borrow my dropout login? No, I have my so own. Watch... I watch about all my stuff. Oh, you have your
1: own? Mm-hmm. I like watching the breaking news. I don't know why. I
0: like that too. The breaking news is the makes breaking laugh.
1: news is super funny to me and I like and the game changer.
0: Also watch that too. Game changer's
1: great. My favorite person on like that show is Brennan. Because Brennan's the English. best.
0: Brennan's the best. Brennan. No, he's my favorite College Humor. Like when College Humor was on its last legs, Brennan was like, "I'm like Brennan Lee Mulligan is my favorite cast member, and I hope he never leaves."
1: Right. <laughs> I was like, I don't know where he's gone, but I'm gonna follow him. Yeah, I remember always seeing him, and I was like, I like him the most. And then now watching the newer stuff. Um. At first, when I started watching Dimension Twenty, when you told us, like, "Hey, this is a good reference." I would see him a lot on TikToks and I kind of forgot who he was because I hadn't seen College Humor in so long. That I was like, why why does this guy look so familiar? What is it about him? Why is he so funny to me? And then I watched like an old video. I was like, oh my god, he was the one that I was like, yeah, if he leaves, I'm like definitely forgetting about college humor. But I forgot about college <laughs> humor anyway. So um, but like his his is he is like my favorite one on there. um him and then, like, I like Grant a lot, but Grant's kind of like... Grant
0: O'Brien? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Grant O'Brien. I don't... Like, I like him and I don't like him. <laughs> like, it is like a really 50-50 split when he is in a skit where I'm just like, I really like him in this one. I do not like him at all in this one. He should not have been in I, this. I like Brendan oh, I a really lot. Like, no. I like
0: uh I like Zakoyama a lot. Um, Eri- Erica I, Ishii. She's very funny to me. I like Erica. I hate Katie. You don't like Katie?! I hate Katie. I like Katie. Katie. I, 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 you know what it is? I cannot stand I her. I like Katie the same way that like, Katie reminds me a lot of, um, like as a, like a real life version of Gina from Brooklyn nine, nine. Like that's her personality <laughs> is like, or at least in the college humor sketches and college humor stuff. Yeah. Or she's that very like off the wall, like kind of like, uh, self-centered, but in a funny way type character like is often what she plays. And I, I you know it always makes me laugh. Like I like I like Katie.
1: I can see that, but at the same time I love Gina. I do not like her. Anytime she's in a sketch, I I don't like it that much because of her. I there's something about her I don't like. Weirdly enough though, there is a um a series they do WTF? See, I have not watched watch
0: that yet. Like I haven't watched that.
1: Watch one it. It gets gross. I will warn you. It gets. It's gross. It's cartoon, but it's like gross. She's really uh, good in that, and it, that. it's, it's like a. It's an animation.
0: Rick and Morty is, is. the grossest it will ever be. So, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> that's another one too. Right. I am into Rick and Morty. I am in part of that fandom and culture. Which, speaking of College Humor, Shabon, uh, Thomas, she writes for, um, Rick and Morty. Oh. Um, that's cool. But uh, it's uh I like I like Rick and Morty a lot. i do I do think the show sometimes like skirts that line of just being edgy for the sake of being edgy. but at the same time, it's just really good storytelling in a lot of episodes and the way it kind of all weaves together. And I love that it also is Dan Harmon, the showrunner, is not beholden to like doing what the fans want to do. Because there's like a lot of things, like especially when they drop like small lore stuff, like with Evil Morty and stuff like that. Like the fans go crazy for, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? And Dan Harmon will actively. Did they ever continue the Evil Morty? Yeah, they did. There's episodes that follow up on what's going on with that storyline. But it's just the thing where Dan Harmon's like, we are going to do what we want to do. So I am not going to like. Give like like in fact to the point where there's an episode that I feel like is like a like a like F you to all the fans who are like oh but there has to be all this canon stuff where he does like a lore dump like uh, they go on the lore train and you see all these like really cool moments that are just like follow-ups to certain things like um like certain uh, like for example when Tammy turns uh, bird person into phoenix person before they actually did yeah. do a follow-up to that they on the lore train. You see Tammy fighting, um, Lincoln Linkler and uh, some other stuff. And like, there's a lot of stuff happening that like a lot of fans have been theorizing would happen at some point. And then there's and then it cuts to Evil Morty with the Evil Mister Poopy Butthole and stuff. And it's like, oh man. And I think Rick makes a joke like, these are all lore ideas, <laughs> like, but it's really all fan ideas. Like fans have like pitched these ideas, and I'm like. And it's all, but none of it happens. None of it's real. And I was like, I can respect a show that can be like, we're the storytellers. You are the consumers. Just, just watch what we provide. Don't, don't try and tell us what to do.
1: I f- I fell off after like season two. I watched season two, and then I just never went back. It and like it's it, so because it, it, I okay. was pretty <laughs> obsessed with it. I was pretty obsessed with the show, and I even think I have one of their comics that I got at Comic Con. Um, but like i like i'm so easy to drop off the shows and that is the worst because sometimes i really like a show i'm like oh cool i'm waiting for the next season and that's when it goes back to like streaming to binging when i end up waiting i end up forgetting and then out of sight out of mind um and then i end up never going back and then i end up losing the show and then suddenly it's like five seasons later and i'm like how did that even happen (laughs) See, for me, it depends on say- the
0: project, because, like, I, I also do, like, fall-off shows a lot, but normally I'll fall-off shows when it's, like, I can't access it, so it's, like, on a channel I can't watch, or a streaming service I can't watch, or or no longer watch, or if it's, like, an old show, because, it, and it's mainly because I'm, like, it's an old show, I can always go back, like, it's over now. So, it, I, I can always just like go back. It's not like I'm missing new episodes or something like that. Like, I'm just gonna just go back and watch the rest of it whenever I want. I did
1: that with Golden Girls. I keep meaning to rewatch
0: to watch Golden
1: Girls, and I got like four episodes in, have not gone back. And it's a good show. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm just like, oh, I wanna watch you know, something new coming out. Oh, speaking of which, because we're kind of running close to the end, um, another fan culture I am in that I really, really love. Um, is The Things We Do in the Shadows, the
0: series. Oh, have you seen the movie?
1: So good. Yeah, I've seen the movie, but I like the show so much more. And, well, yeah, no, I like the show a lot more. And season four is coming out July fourteenth, And I'm super excited for it because it's left on a big cliffhanger. And there's one character in there. I, I, I'm not going to spoil it does something so shitty and horrible and just ruins multiple people's lives and i'm like are they really gonna forgive him but i feel like they are because of the previews they've already shown mm-hmm. but i'm like i wouldn't forgive him like fuck him he like ruins so many lives and also there was something else uh somebody pointed out to me they're like so guillermo who's the familiar to um N- nandar he was 18 when he met him because he's like 28 now. It's been like 10 years. And I'm like, Nando just picked up like an 18 year old. And like, he's been like, that's a little weird. But he's like, he just had this like 18 year old baby face come up to him and be like, hey, I want to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay. It was like, that's a child. What are you doing with the child? <laughs> Why do you have him moving into your like weird Harry Potter under the closet staircase like that? Um, that was just somebody pointing out me, and I'm like, I thought that was weird. I was like, also like, here, I'm all just a baby face version of him would be so, because he's like kind of chunky now. Mm-hmm. So like a chubbier version of him, because you know when you get the baby fat. I was like, oh, feasible. Um, but in the shadow what we do in the shadows, I am actually a big part of that, and that is a show. Surprisingly, I have not fallen off of, and I've actually rewatched, and I'm actually anticipating the next season. Um, which, again, is very rare for me that I'm, like, looking and watching and waiting out for the next seasons.
0: I am huge on the, uh, just to help wrap it up, uh, I'm huge on the comic book shows fandom. Which, of course, is, like, duh. But it's just to <laughs> to mention it.
1: As you have pointed yourself to be the comic resident comic book
0: Yeah, villain. I mean, but, you know, it's, like, a thing where I'm just, I'm enjoying seeing all this comic book content, like, to a degree. Some things I feel like are just like, why? Like, you know, like that's how I felt about Jupiter's Legacy, where I was like, but why though? Like why are we why are we I don't hate it's the like, comic book. It's just that. the thing where I'm like, why are we making a show of this? I don't I don't feel like this this one is the one that because I'm like only I the only people I know who talk about Jupiter's Legacy are other people who have read Jupiter's Legacy. I do not hear like a bunch of just random, you know, down the street. Cause down, you know, you walk down the street, you say Captain America. People are like, oh yeah, I know Captain America. Like even before the movie came out, they were just like, oh yeah, dude with the shield thing, whatever, punched Hitler or something. I don't know. Well, they
1: probably thought they were going to get like a cult following or something.
0: Yeah. It's just one of those things where I'm like, so some things I'm like, I don't see how, I don't see this becoming popular. Um, But for the most part, I think it's just really cool to, uh, See, now granted though, out of uh I mentioned that because I'm like the one comic book fandom that A I'm glad happened before the renaissance of all this comic book stuff. Um but I'm a super fan of and my favorite comic book of all time or series of all time is Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I am a mega fan. I love everything Scott Pilgrim. I have the Blu-ray. I've got the video game, all the all the books i've played the game like three or four times over (laughs) it's my favorite movie of all time like i love or no it's not uh blind spotting took it took it dethroned it but it's still up there as one of my favorite movies of all time um i love scott pilgrim versus the world and it's incredible and i'm glad when the movie came out it came out before like all the crazy comic book stuff and they were just allowed edgar wright to do the comic book justice um i've seen
1: the movie i am not seeing the the comics the games or anything other than the comic
0: is cool uh it's definitely longer (laughs) than it's definitely longer than um the movie could do the movie is a very reduced version of the comic book um but it's pretty faithful and especially because like brian lee o'malley who wrote the comic was writing it at the time like, he was finishing it as Edgar Wright was making the movie. So, for it to be as faithful as it is, like, it's pretty surprising. <laughs> but I think it's because Brian Lee O'Malley already had the story written. He just hadn't finished drawing it yet. Because um, he he wrote and drew it. Um, huh. But it's, uh, yeah, that's my favorite I feel like movie.
1: it's rare now to see, like, you see uh, comic books um, to do that there's an author and the drawer at the same time because usually even even the
0: studios or the publishers always have their own illustrators on staff well it depends because it's like indie comics a lot of times a lot uh the the writer can be the artist um and then manga for example in the manga world in japan it's always the case the author is almost always the um yeah the the artist um it's only in like the states and even like other places that it's like there's a writer and then there's the artist you know so it always depends um
1: so i have mentioned the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy which is one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite books and another one i just wanted to briefly mention was the martian
0: by heavy wire great book great book
1: love the love the movie i saw the movie first loved it you love the book more but um Particular book I want to talk about is actually one I'm going to be reviewing for the bookcast. And that's is a great segue into that. Uh, it's actually called John Dies at the End. It's a book. I think they did make a movie? Move- In 2012, they did. Yes. Okay. This, if you want to talk about multiverse, you know, false reality, time change, like all this stuff, where basically reality is not real. This is like a great book and not a lot of people know about this book. They think it's a movie or they, you know, they haven't heard about it. There's, it's a series and the author is actually coming out with a fourth book. Nice. Um, the next one is there. This book is filled with spiders. And then the next one is what the hell did I just read? All of them fantastic, but I will actually be talking about this on the bookcast because this has always been one of my favorite movies because of course I've mentioned it. I don't know how many times. I'm a big fan of alternate realities, multiverse, fake realities, things aren't what they seem type of sci-fi ideally too. Um, and I'm really excited to share this book with everybody. And what's funny is I was trying to figure out, because I was like, oh, I'll just pick something off my case. And then I was like, oh, I already made tabs in the book. So I didn't already know the spots to talk about. They're not as pretty as the tabs I have now. I think these are just sticky notes. So they're not like the tabs I have now, which are pretty and colorful. Mm. These are just yellow tabs. So I have to figure out what the hell they are. But it was in um, 2012 and it had no real well-known actors in it at all. But it's a good book. uh, And I recommend people to read it, see the movie. It has always been one of my favorites. And it's a really hard book and movie to explain because even their synopsis or their summary is like a weird summary to give because they don't want to spoil anything, ironically, even though they're like, oh, John dies at the end. Mm-hmm. There's still a major twist. So that is also like a fan, I guess, more as like a f- cult following for me. Because again, so many, so rarely have people read this book and it's such a good book. This is so recommended and hopefully you'll join me for my review that so you can hear me lab more about it properly. <laughs> Because I think we're kind of running over time now, right? Well, I mean,
0: we're at what? Like, we're at, we're a little, like an hour 30? I have no oh, idea. Oh, yeah, a little close to the hour 40. So uh, <clears throat> so that's just some of the fandoms we are a part of, that we enjoy, things we uh, love to listen to, watch, read, so on and so forth. Comment below. Tell us some of your fandoms that you enjoy. What are some of the shows that you watch and uh, know way more about than you feel like you maybe should <laughs> as far as like the you know behind the scenes and whatnot um let us know um but
1: and drop some like fan fiction wrecks for me <laughs> yeah because i'll read them like i'm all down for it. nothing inappropriate let's put it that way like clear warning tags people clear warning tags <laughs>
0: <Anyway>. <laughs> that's all i can say about that <laughs> socials alex where can people find you If they want to send you some of those recommendations more directly.
1: (laughs) I am Alex and nobody on Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, You can also send them to the TikTok account at our podcast, The First Ones to Die, because I mainly handle that. Actually, I mainly handle all the social media, where you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Twitch. Hopefully we will be streaming soon for that. Um, And also I think that is it where all our social media is twitch yeah I tr- like there's so much social media i forget the social media but i'm like regularly on it every day whether it be mine or or ours so the first ones that i on twitter instagram hopefully twitch soon will be streaming um and on tiktok where i'm kind of a little more active because i'm obsessed with tiktok that's another fan culture i'm a tiktok girl <laughs> as i've mentioned so many times
0: um what
1: about you
0: jerome where are they finding you you can find me at not jerome red on instagram as well as at robo media and at jerome underscore the underscore show to find out more creative stuff i am working on or doing um also uh if you'd like to follow us in general i know you mentioned the twist uh twitch and tiktok and uh some of our social medias but also if you want to see extra content that you can only get uh at one place go on over to the youtube channel where you can find uh at the first ones to die of course where you can find bookcast, mini reviews video versions of all our podcasts gaming content vlogs all that good stuff um and again yeah you can follow us at the first ones to die on all our social medias and for all our streaming platforms stuff like spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, all those things to find the podcast as well and if you want to follow jonathan keys who is our third co-host you can follow him at jonathan keys and Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. There we go. I was like, I yeah, had to got come it. to me. <laughs> That's how he says it. I know, because I, uh, um, you...
1: and join us next week for our special episode where we will have a guest, mm-hmm. Monica. They do their own podcast called, uh, Stranger Coffee with Strangers, Cafe with Strangers. I should have, I should have written that down before I said anything. (laughs) I think it's Cafe with Strangers. I will put the proper one uh, in our Instagram. So for audio listeners, please go look at that. They do a podcast where they speak to other people of Latin heritage who live in the Pacific Northwest and talk about their upbringing and things of that nature. What it's like being first generation. What's it like being Mexican, living in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, They are a newer podcast and we are excited meet with them we will be talking about latin culture and entertainment which is something i rarely get to do but like not that you guys don't try (laughs) love you guys but it's nice to have um somebody else who can understand what i'm saying when i'm talking about these like films that like nobody in the u.s has heard unless you're mexican Mm. so but um come join us and meet her and we're excited to have her on
0: absolutely So don't miss that. Tune in next week. Um, But you guys have a great night, day, and or morning. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.